good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Icy Old People Podcast. I'm Dr. Bruce, your host. The Icy Old People Podcast is an ongoing discussion of aging, uh, observing how aging is affecting your host, Dr. Bruce. Today is June 23rd, 2020, the second day of summer. Beautiful, beautiful weather right now. Uh, Of course, this broadcast is coming to you from Canada, and in Canada, we love summer. As uh, regular listeners know, I've been on a bit of a journey. Uh, This podcast, again, is not coming from our regular storage closet studios in beautiful Norfolk County, Ontario. We are, I am now in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I was up north last week, as you may have read, and uh, actually I listened to that podcast, and it wasn't bad, considering that I recall it, it wasn't bad, considering that I had recorded it on an iPhone. So I was quite pleased with the quality of that. We shall see how this is. I'm in a much more space, spacious space right now. I'm in a, a beautiful condominium in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is in central Manitoba. So let me talk a little bit about what happened up north. I I had mentioned quite a bit about it. It was a wonderful experience up there, fishing, kayaking, canoeing, spending time uh, in nature and reading. Uh, I'm almost halfway through that Anna Karina book, which uh, has been an excellent book. I'm actually quite um, involved in it. I'm really wondering what that Count Vronsky is going to do. Uh, Anne is up to something and Count Vronsky is is ready to pounce. So it's fun to be involved in a novel for the first time in, uh, in quite a while. I also, when I got back, I had promised to take a look at The Great Gatsby, one of the books I read when I was up north, and I, I brought it up on YouTube. I will not recommend this movie. It's two and a half hours long. There's lots of flash, lots of music, lots of dancing, lots of imagery, but the movie really sucks. The only thing that was good about that movie was that, you know, you if you had read the book, you could follow along and, and see how they portrayed the different scenes and the different characters. Not recommended unless you have actually read The Great Gatsby. Uh, probably one of the worst Leo DiCaprio movies that I have ever seen. Up north, one of the things I forgot to mention was mosquitoes and horseflies, oh my. One thing about northern Canada, northern Manitoba anyway, northern Manitoba is famous for mosquitoes. And that is a justifiable uh, reason for them to be famous. Mosquitoes are everywhere. If if not for the fact that I'm a, a large 250-pound man, I, I felt like at times that they would lift me right off of my chair and, and take me off into the sky. The amount of uh, mosquitoes is just, it's beyond. I come from a fairly, um, well, I come from a farm area, so all the land has been cultivated. Uh, there's no bush around really to say, but in northern Manitoba, of course, it's all bush. Lots of stagnant water. So every time it rained, the next day you really basically could not leave the Kwanzaa hut. The other thing that makes mosquitoes look uh, not quite as, uh, as terrible are something called horseflies. They call them horseflies up here in Manitoba. I've also heard them referred to as deer flies. Horseflies are about four times the size of a regular uh, housefly that you would see normally. They are so big that you can actually look into their beady little eyes. You can see the fangs out front. 
And they are called horseflies or deer flies because they are so strong, they can actually dig through uh, the deer hide or a horse hide to get in and draw blood from that animal. So you can imagine what, how much one of these bites would hurt because they are used to pounding through leather to get to the blood. And our thin little skin that we have is really nothing to them. They take a chunk out of you that you literally drop blood. You know, a mosquito bites you, you get a little bump. If you kill it while it's feeding on you, you get a little bit of blood, but rarely does a mosquito bite ever bleed. Horseflies cause you to bleed. They are painful and they are one of the worst things about being out in the bush. I am pretty soft. I, I really am. <laughs> I'm not the tough guy that I sometimes think I am. I was quite a wuss when it came to the mosquitoes and the horse flies. I, um, I'm here, up here in, in Winnipeg still. I'm just finishing my two-week quarantine. And uh, I just wanted to start with my mistake of the week right off the bat here. And uh, it's not going to be as negative as some of my other uh, mistakes of the week that I've mentioned over the past, especially when I was in a kind of uh, agitated state uh, for the last uh, couple of months because of the quarantine. Uh, so I'm going to give you advice right now, and it'll end with the mistake of the week, is that before you jump in your car and just start driving randomly north, and then before you end up a uh, thousand miles away in a whole different province, before you do any of those things, pack your pillow. The mistake of the week was solely and purely my own as I threw a bunch of things in the uh, back of my truck to get uh, to get going and start heading up north uh, two Sundays ago I forgot or neglected to include my pillow you know now there's a lot of things I miss about home right now I'm a little bit homesick I miss my wife and I miss my dog and I just miss my home in general but I'll tell you, they're all going to be surprised when I run right by them and run upstairs and hug my pillow. My neck is killing me. Uh, my sleep is restless. And I think a good pillow would have made a huge difference because in this last two weeks, I have probably slept on 10 different pillows. Not one of them. Not one of them even compares to the quality of the pillow that I sleep on regularly. So mistake of the week, I didn't pack my pillow. Remember that next time you take a thousand mile trip, pack your pillow. So I got that out of the way and I told you it was going to be a lot lighter than some of my mistakes of the week that I've been talking about. I have to just state my appreciation for the magnificent and the vastness of this country. It is such a beautiful country. I am absolutely blessed to have been born in Canada, to be able to participate in life in Canada and uh, even this freedom for me to be able to come up here. Sure, I had to go into a two-week quarantine. Well, I've, been I've never been quarantined before. I can only think that this is probably one of the, the nicest ways to be quarantined. Spending time up in the north, reading, uh, enjoying nature, seeing wildlife. I told you I saw a bald eagle. I saw a bear. Uh, we saw deer. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. And now I'm in a, in a beautiful condominium enjoying uh, Winnipeg. And Winnipeg is in phase three of the quarantine opening. So it's quite a bit advanced from a lot of the areas in Ontario. Uh, Norfolk County, for example, is still in phase two. So in phase three, restaurants are open again. One of the first things I did was I went to a Perkins restaurant and I enjoyed a breakfast, uh, the typical hungry man breakfast that I love to eat. 
bacon, eggs, sausage, uh, just wonderful to be sitting down inside a restaurant, having an unlimited flow of coffee and uh, just enjoying myself reading my book and having a leisurely breakfast. So right now, uh, inside restaurants are still not allowed in Ontario. And so it is a pleasure to be in this stage of the quarantine opening. There have been seven deaths uh, from this pandemic in Manitoba. And that is, um, I mean, not to neglect those deaths. Those are tragic, but it's quite small considering there's a population over a million people in Manitoba. So Manitoba is opening up. Uh, actually, I went into a store uh, yesterday for the first time because I was only allowed after my quarantine period, I was only allowed to start to move around in within the city on Monday, which was yesterday. And uh, I went to Cabela's and I bought a fishing pole. So it was great. I bought a fishing pole, fishing pole and, and a reel. And this is the my first fishing pole that I ever bought of any quality. I mean, I might have bought cheap ones in the past, you know, that you buy at Canadian Tire or Walmart kind of place. But these this was a good quality one. It cost $150 and it didn't come uh, pre-strung with the uh, line. So I had to buy the line different, the fishing line separately. And I had to spool the reel. Being the techie that I am, I went to YouTube and I looked up how to do that. And there were a variety of uh, videos that uh, showed me how to do that. I successfully spooled my line. Uh, something interesting about it, and not all of the videos said this, but a couple of them did. So I went ahead with it. Is they said that you're taking the line from a fairly large reel, about a three inch wide reel, and you're putting it onto uh, your fishing reel, which is uh, about maybe an inch, inch and a half. Nylon, a fishing line has a memory. So there's this memory in it that it's used to being reeled up in this three inch reel. And then you're moving it into a uh, one inch reel. So by doing that, you're, you're actually risking that the whole kind of thing will just kind of bounce out the first time you ever reel out. So what you do then after you've reeled the fishing line, look at me sounding like a professional. Once you've reeled the fishing line uh, onto the, the reel on the fishing rod, you take the, the take it off, disconnect it from the, from the fishing line, and you drop it into boiling hot water for 10 minutes. Not boiling water, but water that's very, very, very hot, you know, that had been boiling. Drop it in there, and then the heat resets the memory within the nylon uh, fishing line so that it starts to understand that now it is on this new reel, this small reel. Not that it understands that. There's no salient being there in that fishing line, of course, but it, it the memory of the line will not bounce out because it expects to be a three-inch line. Uh, you probably notice this type of thing if you were to buy a fishing hose or um, a hose for your water hose, that kind of thing. You know, it tends to hold that size that it came with for quite a while. So that's the memory that I'm talking about. Got a fishing pole. I'm going to go fishing today here in Winnipeg on one of the rivers. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. And I plan on spending a lot of time fishing. I'm on a sabbatical now from my from my work and I'm going to take every advantage of it and try to do things that are relaxing, that are meditative. And I think fishing fits right into that, uh, right into that area. So I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba right now. And this is by the grace of God. I have to say that over my time, my 35 years of healthcare experience, my, my time, I served a lot of people. I took care of people. I helped them. 
And I really believe in karma. I didn't help those people for something in return. I helped them out of the goodness of my heart. I helped them because I, because I helped those people because I loved them. And that love is the reason that I was so successful. I was one of the most successful chiropractors in uh, Ontario in the 90s. Uh, those were my glory days. Those were the, that was the song that Bruce Springsteen was talking about for me. Those were my glory days. And I served relentlessly. I saw hundreds of people a week. And during that time, you know, my office was open from 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. every day. I was a workaholic. But you know that what they say, if, you're a work, if you love your work, and I certainly did at that time, if you love your work, you are never, uh, you're never really working at all. And that's how I felt during that time. But this is the beauty of it. And this is what I'm trying to share with you now is that all, everything fell into place for me for this entire trip. It was strangers, people I'd never met before, people that I wouldn't have even have expected it. And yet there they were helping me. That's how I ended up in that beautiful setting in central Ontario. And I ended up in this beautiful setting up in northern Manitoba. And now I hear here in this in this condo. It just doesn't happen on its own. There's something there's something bigger out there. And I appreciate that so, so much. I appreciate everyone who's helped me on this journey. I have I feel 100 percent better than I did when I left. My anxiety level has been reduced. It's I'm looking forward now to going home a stronger man and a better man than when I left. The quarantine beat the shit out of me. And uh, now it's time for me to, uh, to come back stronger and to serve again and to help people around me the way people have helped me during this journey. I just want to say a couple of things about Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg's quite a city. You know, Winnipeg is uh, it's the biggest city in Manitoba. It's about 600,000 people. Uh, so it ranks around seventh or eighth largest city in Canada. Canada is not an overly highly populated country. And uh, Winnipeg ranks up there at 600,000. But it seems much more congested. It seems much, much busier than a city of 600,000, especially that is spread out over miles and miles and miles and miles. I mean, it has a central downtown. It has a professional hockey team, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, it has a triple-A baseball team. Uh, really enjoyed a, a baseball game a couple years ago when I was here. And um, so the traffic is terrible here. It's absolutely terrible. And the reason being is that Winnipeg is here because this is the intersection of two major rivers, the Assiniboine River and the Red River. And they meet at an area called the Forks. Now, if you didn't know what the Forks means, Forks generally mean where two rivers meet. So the Forks is a national historic site. It's one of the recreational areas in Winnipeg. Beautiful, beautiful area. I was just there last night sitting reading by the bank of the river. I can't tell you which river it was because where, where a Forks is, it's kind of like just one big amalgamation of water. And then basically it, it seems like four rivers are coming out of that area, but it's just two rivers intersecting. So it's the intersection of the uh, Red River and the Assiniboine River. All traffic to get around has to constantly by, be diverted to the few bridges that cross these rivers. So no matter where you go in Winnipeg, you've got to get streamed down into these, these channels that push you into these bridges, and then you cross over to the sector that you want to go to, and then it starts to become kind of normal in there. But everywhere around the rivers, which is the central, central part of the city, ultra congested, 
I have never been in such traffic. I've driven in Toronto. I've driven in New York City. I have driven in Minneapolis. I have driven in a lot of major cities. I've driven in Montreal. I've never seen congestion and traffic like you have in Winnipeg. But it's just part of life here. When you build a city where two rivers intersect, you are going to have traffic woes. And uh, it's not easy to get used to when you're here for such a short period of time. The people who are here, uh, it's amazing how deft they are with driving, how their ability to get around this city. Thank God for GPS. I'm not usually one to thank technology, but uh, without a GPS in my, without a uh, guide, a guide within my vehicle, I don't think I would be able to find a single uh, place within Winnipeg. The weather's interesting in Winnipeg too. I'm used to living near lakes. I, I'm a Great Lakes person. Uh, Norfolk County is on the north shore of Lake Erie. I grew up on the north shore of Lake Superior, and I spent some time in Toronto on the north shore of Lake Ontario. Winnipeg, because of no lake effect, uh, the clouds just kind of float over continuously. There's nothing really that changes their direction or causes them to come in a certain way, the way, say, Lake Superior controls the weather in, th in a city like Thunder Bay, or Lake Ontario kind of controls the weather in a city like Toronto. So here you don't have that. So weather just kind of moves through constantly. So it can be quite, quite warm, and then all of a sudden a cloud comes over, it drops 10 degrees, the cloud moves, it goes back up 10 degrees, Degrees. a rain cloud will come through just all of a sudden you just see it coming one thing about the prairies because we're on the we're on the prairies here in Winnipeg one thing about the prairies is you can see things coming from a long long way I think this is the term big sky I've heard the term big sky Montana I think this is big sky Manitoba you the sky is very very open and huge and large and you can see things coming from a long way and then there's that dark cloud coming it comes over it pours rain for 15 minutes you see it leaving it's on its way and all of a sudden it's uh, 10 degrees warmer and the sun is out and baking off the uh, baking off the water so it's quite an amazing thing to see the weather in 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 winnipeg is is something you go out in the morning and you think that it's a beautiful day and you've got shorts on i mean it is the second day of summer you've got shorts on and you've got a t-shirt and an hour later you're wishing you had brought a sweater and long pants so it's that kind of weather but the people here are extremely used to it I was out for a walk yesterday morning. I walked up to the Little Italy area that's not far from this condo, uh, the Corden Street area. And uh, on the walk there, I, was, I had every layer of warm clothing that I owned. I had long pants on, shoes and socks, uh, and a hat. And as I'm walking up there, this is about 9.30 in the morning, as I'm walking up there, people are jogging by me in, in shorts and uh, tank tops, shorts and sleeveless shirts. And uh, other people are walking around in t-shirts and shorts, and no one's thinking twice about it. Everyone seems to be quite comfortable. And I am literally in a long sleeve shirt, a sweater, a jacket, a hat, long pants, shoes and socks. Okay, by the time I finished my walk, because I went for a walk for about an hour, by the time I finished my walk, uh, I was quite warm. I was starting to take layers off and carrying them. But uh, it was amazing to see people out as if it was 16 degrees. And 16 degrees is 60 in uh, Fahrenheit. 16, 16 Celsius is 61 
Fahrenheit. So 61 degrees is pretty cool when you come from southern Ontario. Well, it was 16 degrees here. Back in Norfolk County, it was 30 degrees. Amazing difference in temperature. And there's no humidity here. So the, the lack of humidity means that the, the weather doesn't stay consistent. That's how it can just go up and down, up and down. It can be so cold in the morning, gets cold overnight. Well, I'll tell you, within this condo, I've had the heat on and I've had the air conditioning on. So there you go. It's the second day of summer. I, didn't, I, I, I won't have to have the heat on today. It's quite comfortable today. But I put the heat on on, on Sunday morning because it was so cold in here uh yeah so and there's something else that's kind of interesting is that i was able to enjoy uh there are a lot of natives in winnipeg you can enjoy some really interesting foods that you would never get anywhere else for example for breakfast with my coffee this morning i had bannock with wild rice fresh bannock with wild rice that i bought yesterday at a bakery so you go into a bakery and you can you can buy these metis uh, foods. A bannock, if, if you're not familiar with bannock, it, it's just like a, it's a flat dough. It, it doesn't rise. There's no yeast in it. So it's a flat dough and it's made in various ways, but it's basically, it was made to cook in a cast iron frying pan on top of a fire, or sometimes you can actually put it on a stick and cook it like the way you would a hot dog inside a fire. So bannock is a very, very versatile food. It's very, sust there's great sustenance to it. I'm not a big bread eater, but this bannock is, is delicious. I've, uh, and it, it's small. It's not like it comes in big packs and it's flat. So bannock is kind of a general term for any kind of flat fried dough is the best way to put it, you know, where it's pan fried. Uh, bannock has been interesting. Uh, I had a wild rice salad from a delicatessen uh, you know these are the types of things that you just don't uh, don't normally get anywhere else in Canada that I'm familiar with you certainly can't find Bannock in Norfolk County I just want to fill you in on, on where I've been with my, uh, with my meetings, with my AA meetings. I'm so fortunate because Winnipeg is in phase three. There are in-person AA meetings here, and Winnipeg is a big city, so there are a lot of them. For example, this one location where I've been going all week is uh, called the Welcome Group. Uh, AA's, AA has wonderful names for their groups. The Welcome Group, the First Step Group, New Start group they all have these wonderful names and so positive anyway this one location has three meetings a day they have a meeting at 10 a.m 2 p.m and 8 p.m one location one club has three meetings a day every day it was uh it was really really good to be able to access this to be able to go in now there's a lot of conditions the the uh, the chairs are spread out all over the room there's no there's no coffee and uh, you know meetings a meetings without coffee are, are really odd uh, there's no coffee made people bring coffee in their own uh, no handshaking uh, all that type of thing you know sanitizing your hands there was also a sign that masks must be worn but uh, I think alcoholics are quite a rebel group uh, although everyone had a mask with them not one person in the room was uh, was wearing it it was either hanging off their neck or that was in their pocket as was mine so uh we we were there following the rules but not following the rules i guess is kind of uh, how it goes so i've been blessed to meet these wonderful new people within uh, this environment i plan on going there again today at two for the rest of the time that I'm here in Winnipeg, I will be uh, attending my uh, 2 p.m. meeting. I, I, I had the experience, you know, I lost my sobriety during this lockdown and I felt pretty bad about it after a year and a half, as I've shared with you on uh, numerous times. I hope you're not getting bored with this story. 
but I listened to a fellow at a meeting at the meeting yesterday and he was 12 years sober, 12 years sober. And he lost his sobriety during this, during this quarantine. And his reasons were uh, not unlike mine, you know, frustration, anger, not being able to go to meetings, isolation. And uh, I'm not alone. I think a lot of people suffered during this time and are suffering during this time. I've, I've been blessed in the fact that I've been able to escape it, that I'm here. And that I paid such a small price, you know, to go into a two-week quarantine in Manitoba was a small price to pay for my mental health. And I, I feel that it was the right move for me. Uh, I still check out the window of this condo every time because I could, my car is parked out on the road. And I still believe I am the only car in all of Manitoba with Ontario plates. I have yet to see another Ontario plate in Manitoba. So I'm quite concerned uh, somebody's going to key it or vandalize it or smash my front window or something. But none of that has happened. Uh, so that's my own fear. That's my fear from living in a place where people are a little bit more aggressive because the people in Winnipeg, like I've stated earlier, the people in Manitoba in general are the friendliest people you're ever going to meet in your life. Honestly, they are the nicest, nicest people. If you're ever going to have to go somewhere and, and, and get away from it all, I recommend coming to Manitoba. Maybe not right to Winnipeg. I mean, I love Winnipeg, but it's, it's, there's not a lot here. The Forks is nice, but there's not a lot for you to do. You go up north, go up to Lake Winnipeg or Lake Manitoba, uh, spend some time in the north. I can only recommend that 110%. I had a little bit to talk about as well about Father's Day, uh, and I'm not going to get into that. I am feeling in too good a mood. I am going to wait till that digests a bit before I, I, I share that with you guys. Like always, if you've listened to this point, oh, I love you. I can't believe it that I actually have people who listen to me ra ramble on like this, but you're there. My, my uh, listeners in Idaho, you keep listening to me. I've welcomed some listeners from France. I've welcomed some listeners from England. And of course, I have all kinds of Canadian, uh, uh, Ontario, Ontario listeners, of course, and, uh, and so many from the different states. Uh, so it's really nice. Of course, my, my base is Idaho though. So I can't wait for that border to open so I can take a trip to Idaho and meet some of these wonderful people that have supported me on this journey. Like I said, I love you. Take care. Have a great week. I'm not sure if I am going to be broadcasting from Storage Closet Studios next Tuesday. It's going to be iffy. Depends on when I leave Thunder Bay. I'm going to go to Thunder Bay on the way back and I'm going to visit my mom. My mom is 87 years old. She's in great health. She lives in her own home. And I plan on spending a few days with her and telling her how much I love her. And so here I am, enjoying life again, feeling good. Thank you for all your support. I will see you, NT. I will see you next Tuesday. Love you.